0: Two, one. Hello, it's your weekly optimism vaccine. Uh, Steve is still in Ireland, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm hosting. Uh, my name's Adam Myros. Uh, I'm sure you recognize me from the optimism vaccine podcast. Um, so, uh, we're in a bit of a bind here, we, we can't get together our Bollywood thing just yet, we're, we're just killing time until Steve gets back and, and steers the ship, so I, I said to myself, well, what do we have on, on our long list of things we'll eventually get to? And, uh, one thing stuck out, because uh, David Cronenberg has a, a new film coming out uh, this weekend, um, so we had uh, earmarked, presumably because Vinegar Syndrome has blessed us with a crisp ultra blue rays of the scanner cop series um the scanner series and i said well i think we've all seen scanners one let's knock that one right off the list and we'll cover these uh sure to be wonderful sequels and there will surely be an episode in that uh was i correct i'm not entirely sure but uh we we shall try and then joining me in this venture uh, we have Jack Eason, as per usual.
1: Uh, good to be here, Adam. I had no idea that was why we were doing this, although I do think it's funny that the the genesis was that it's a new Dave Cronenberg movie out, so we specifically are not discussing any Dave Cronenberg movie.
0: Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's gotta stay tangential, it's just on brand, you know. Um, we could talk about things we like, but, but why do that? Um... I don't know. This is, uh, th- these are things that are new to me, but, uh, I, I'm going to assume the new David Cronenberg film is better, but this is, is kind of a novelty in that I believe Scanners is, is really the only Cronenberg property that was ever turned into like a proper franchise. I guess you could say the fly had a sequel, but I mean, that's not, it, it's hard to say that to call that a franchise. Cause I mean. If it is a franchise, then he joined midstream. Uh, yeah, I'm I, still I, waiting <laughs> on
1: Spider 2.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh Scanners is, is an interesting one to uh to run with on that front. I will say that. I, it's it's certainly as someone who is a major lover of Cronenberg's work, that Scanners is just never one that I've been that crazy about, honestly. Uh but I I suppose it does have the whole hook of man's head explodes, and that's probably just plenty for for a DTV action producer to really drool over, and, uh, you know, I suppose you could probably see, uh, I I mean, I, I could see how, if I'm a schlock man, like, like, Corman, who's producing these scanner cop films, how it would be appealing to, to look at a movie where, Nothing is really happening. There's just people kind of squinting at each other, and you can kind of throw some things around, use some fishing line, and, and call it a day. I could see why that might be an appealing concept. Um, Colin Tanner is back on the pod. Uh, Jake, of course, is, is still in fatherhood. Steve's in Ireland. Sean is, uh, you know, he's above us these days. He's not going to sit through four fucking
2: skater sequels. So, we brought in Colin. How are you doing today, Colin? Oh, I'm just doing so good. I've had my mind blown four times. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I uh, you guys said we're going to cover these scanner sequels, and you made it very clear we're not covering Scanners 1. But I made sure to go back and watch <laughs> Scanners 1 because I wanted to see, <laughs> like, what it was that they needed to make multiple sequels out of. And Scanners 1, like you said, it's not that great. It's cute. It's for little... Gen Xers that were excited about seeing violence for the first time and I can understand why people talked about it for years after the head explosion special effect but I'm right there with you Adam it's eh, it's okay well
0: it fits very neatly into that that era of Cronenberg these sort of cheapy Canada laboratory Cronenberg films uh, but if you're going to pick one of those you got to go with The Brood it's, it's a vastly mm. superior film in my mind but uh We're not talking about the brood. We're not talking about (laughs) scanners. I I fucking wish we had Michael Ironside here to guide us, but instead we have, uh, who the fuck's this guy? David Hewlett. Uh, yeah, that's, that's (laughs) who's, uh, steering the ship for scanners too. Um... I, I gotta throw to someone the fuck else. I don't want to talk about <laughs> Scanners 2. Uh, uh, Jack, <laughs> what the hell is Scanners 2?
1: Scanners 2 is uh, the first sequel to Scanners, the David Cronenberg movie that we we're not allowed to talk about. Um, yeah, it, this is it's, it's weird. It's like Cronenberg's movie came out in 81, and then like nine years later, we had like just an intense bout of Scanners fever when they churned out four sequels or two sequels and two spin-offs and then there's never been another <laughs> scanners movie. I don't know what what is going on here. But uh I Scanners 2 is is basically about a a young man who finds that he's a scanner and and the real problem with this movie I think above all else is that it is really just kind of like a a watered-down remake of of it's like they strained out parts of the original Scanners and just like made up the rest of it with just Bone broth. It's just this watery, pointless movie that retells everything the first movie already did in a not very interesting fashion. And it's pretty funny because the main character honestly gets outacted by his nemesis, um, who sort of a Raul Trio, oh, I think, yeah. is the is he the main bad guy, Drac, I think might be his name. Yeah, I'm
0: that is his Pulling name. this from He's memory, great.
1: but he he is by far and away the best thing in this movie. And it's, it's not a great movie by any by any stretch, and it's just sort of like... And then, and then there's a big revelation that it turns out that the main character in this movie is is the son of the character from the first movie. Can you imagine? It's a direct sequel. I can't imagine that anyone would see that and be like, whoa, this changes everything. Just a really, really dull film.
0: It, that is uh, exactly where the film comes screeching to a halt. Like, I, I was enjoying this to a point. I think there's a pretty creative robbery scene early. And it feels like it's pulling from stuff like RoboCop. Uh, like, it seems like it's going in that direction. This movie gave me some major RoboCop 2 vibes early on. Um, but it loses... Like, you you can almost feel this movie run out of both ideas and money, like, halfway mm. through. They're just like, oh, we have this thing. We're going to have the scanners. Uh, the police are going to co-op them and take over the city. And and you're like, oh, that's, that could be something. And then they just leave the city. They're like, "All right, well, instead of following through on this plot, uh, it's time to head out to the countryside and fucking just take a long nap and talk about uh, how my dad was the character from the first." Movie. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: the, the, what's what's <laughs> zany about this movie is like our our absolute just like incredibly dull leading character. Like he's just he's not in any way you can't get behind him. Even in the movie, he, he basically he gets drawn in. It's like you're a scanner. You can help us. There's a guy poisoning milk, and we need help. <laughs> and and so they, he comes in and he just catches the guy. So it's like you know, okay, you can use your scanning power for good. You can help the police. Uh, and then within like two days of that, he's rigging elections for them. <laughs> like the guy <laughs> is no moral compass himself. It would seem like he's just sort of like people tell him to do things, and then after a while, he's like oh, wow, it seems like some stuff is bad here. And then it turns out that he's the son of the original character. Here's something, I mean, this is going to come up uh, again, but there's a newspaper insert in this movie that says The Scanners 2 takes place in 1990. Uh, And I don't recall (laughs) uh, Cronenberg's Scanners being a period piece, and that was in 1981. Uh, So by... All rights, the lead character in this movie should probably be about nine years old on around. He didn't have cause the guy never mentioned he had any kids in that movie, did he? I don't I don't think well, so.
0: No, this is this is he's actually the the child of the two, the male and female leads of the Scanners film, at which point
1: right. uh, so he must have been procreated. After, after the film, uh, so, after so the events, and the this would be a much better movie and would pr- honestly make a lot more sense given the guy's uh, convictions or lack thereof if it were an, an eight to nine year old child grimacing at people to influence them. I'd like that movie better,
2: and I think we were talking about this earlier. But, you know, with the flash-forwards and all that for the series as it goes on, it would be cool to see, because in the first movie, they're all outcasts, they're sort of standards for, like, you know, burnouts and hippies and things like that 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 couldn't really conform as the 80s were picking up, and it would be nice to see what those people would be like as they got older, you know? That would be kind of creepy, seeing these weird elderly people with mind powers or or whatever, but instead we just get the same generic people, the same generic uh, cast, and... As you were saying earlier, Jack, this is a bit of a remake of the first Scanners film, but I would posit that all of these movies are just remakes of the first Scanner film. They never come up with any cool new ideas. Oh yeah, um, no. The first no there's,
1: there's no progression here, particularly. <laughs> there's no evolution no. of the wow. concept. They mostly, like, really among these four films, the only evolution is they just make up new things Scanners can now do, which includes speed reading. That's a new power <laughs> yeah, that scanners right.
0: have. I mean, I get. I guess we could. I'm. We're not going to move past scanners too just yet. You fucking wish, but uh, <laughs> Damn uh, three has a few more ideas in the chamber. I'll say that. Uh, but I. Uh, this thing is just. It's leaden. It. It. It is. I. I mean, one of my major issues, I guess, with the original scanners is, is it can feel leaden at times because uh, Stephen Lack is just. He's a. It was an interesting casting choice by David Cronenberg, I think almost intentionally cast for his sort of like wooden, uh, just like absence of screen presence, but it, it, it really makes it kind of a difficult watch. And this series falls into that same trap kind of over and over again, except for, again, we'll get into the, the one exception, I suppose, but Hmm. yeah, it's just like a bunch of just bland white bread, uh, leads in these things, and I think despite the fact that it's like this continuing series with a lot of the same creatives behind the whole thing, they, they don't ever there's, I think, one character that exists in multiple films <laughs> at all? Yeah, the Scanner Cop.
1: Yeah, very, very little continuity and, and also, yeah, because I think this is like like, not very charismatic leads kind of defines the, uh, the franchise frankly the male leads in all of the sequels suck frankly they're just <laughs> they're not interesting guys even though like scanner cop the lead is like a very accomplished theatrical actor uh, but not not picking that up in his movies at all which which really runs foul of the fact that scanners is basically a cinema of grimacing it's just protracted yep. sequences of people just gurning at each other which is not particularly cinematic and cronenberg had enough wherewithal and kind of like good sense to kind of measure that out and build it up until you got like your exploding head and you got your the big psychic battle at the end but so much of this falls back to i mean honestly go like to the the south park mind thing that south but like whatever cartman used to do like it's really (laughs) like it's literally just people standing across the room for each other going like wow and just like it's just awful and it goes on for so long like they're just staring at each other and and like we say there's there's no evolution the concepts there's very little evolution of the special effects either special effects get wilder as the series moves on certainly and gets more more just like creature transformationy but like i mean the tech and and the general vision it's really just like uh you know it's it's like liquid sacs and just pumping blood fluids in under like latex layers to like make their head distend or whatever it's the same thing over and over again, yeah, and we gotta well, get those dark veins. Yeah, going in it, the it's, <laughs> it gets tiresome, and I, I really, I think, if there's any lesson to take from this entire podcast, it's do not watch all four scanners movies. In, <laughs> I was in just in about like to say days. the same
0: thing. Like that, that's a terrible mistake. Oh, just by the sound effect, fucking alone. By these, by the end of Skater Cap Two, I was like, I'm gonna fucking smash my television. Like I just can't with this. Eee, eee. <laughs> well, like,
2: <laughs> that's that's the thing though, is that when you talk about like Cronenberg, he understands how uh things should feel. Like something that's scary has to be a little silly, has to be a little weird, because otherwise it's not scary. It doesn't feel organic. But all these movies are like, Well, okay, if it's gonna be mind control, it's gonna be the loudest noise <laughs> playing for two minutes nonstop. It's like great. Yeah. Um I could deal with a, a film
0: that's like psychologically interesting and, and kind of playing on like the effects that, that the uh, like a psychic ability might have on a, a character and that's kind of being explored to the viewer in a in a Cronenberg film and these are just dumb dtv like crime films and uh, you know i'm less inclined to uh tolerate that sort of like sonic assault it's not simulating anything in these films it's just fucking annoying
1: <laughs> right and and particularly when everything else is just uh like I say, I mean, if you have the original from David Cronenberg, it's a pretty established cult film. So Scanners 2 does not need to take like 40 minutes to re-explain to you about Scanners <laughs> and the drug Ephemeral. Which, like the Ephemeral drug which causes Scanners uh, has every different use. It, it it just morphs per film, but they every one of them takes the time to explain to you about the drug that is meaningless just a complete
0: ephemeral does not cause scanners uh i don't remember what the fuck the name of the drug that causes scanners is i i I can tell you that it was used to uh alleviate discomfort during pregnancy, because that lines in every fucking one well, of Well, yes, movies, yes, that was- but...
1: was they gave it- they, The ephemeral was given to pregnant women to alleviate the discomfort of pregnancy. I,
0: I don't think so. I think ephemeral is a separate drug from that.
1: Oh, is that the one they give to the scanners later to suppress their powers, but it yes, makes them crap. either go mad or else enhances their powers? I- uh,
0: there's- and, there seems to be very- various, uh- versions of this drug but ephemeral is the like later drug yes it's the one that is sometimes a uh, injection of green goo uh, Re-animator some, food, yeah <laughs> yeah that that will turn you
2: into like a crazed heroin addict who dies quickly uh or you need more constantly you constantly you're fiending for it or you can just you know not take it for a few days you're good man
0: like, either or. I believe that version of the drug is, is known as F1 and also F2. Those seem to be indistinguishable. They're the same thing. Those are both the uh, the reanimator fluid. Uh, F3 is uh, some sort of strange patch that plugs into your neck.
1: I saw that. Yeah, it's got a it's uh, got little, one little LED on the back. too. If you had to do that, you would hate if you got sat behind, behind a scanner in a cinema. You just have this green LED flashing throughout the entire movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's amazing no one caught on to the fact that she was using this drug throughout the film, considering it's just like a flashing bright light on her neck. But um, yeah, and then uh, Scanner Cop, it basically drops the numeric designation, and it just becomes a like vitamin supplement called uh, ephemeral that you just kind of pop and suppresses your general scanner ability with seemingly zero side effects, unless you were to not take it, at which point you become a scanner and go insane.
2: I just, you know, and the only thing they keep re- returning to in every single film, and like I said, like the drug, that's from the first scanners, um, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the entire setup of head explodes... And it concludes with a good versus evil scanner battle. That's from the first one, but also just this weird obsession with adoption and orphans. Like every character is an orphan. Every character gets adopted, and they don't really have anything to say about that. They don't have any relationship really with their um, their parents. I guess Scanner Cop does. <laughs> he <laughs> has a him and his has uh, a him and his mother real briefly... touching moment
0: with his parent. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But but I don't know why that's so important to the scanner mythology about like being an orphan and being adopted. I suppose that inherently it's supposed to make you feel like an outsider. I don't know. I don't I don't get it.
1: Well, I suppose it yeah. it, it it meshes in with the fact that all the scanners seem to either just go insane or get murdered by the police. Uh, that seems to be just that's a lot of a scanner. So I guess they're all or- orphans just because of that.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that a like. I think a major plot point in doing that is to, uh, have the scanner surrounded by people who are going to react with fear, uh, to their power emerging, you know, like the, like I suppose if you were raised by scanners, you might have a more healthy relationship with your, your power and thereby it becomes kind of less cinematic when it emerges. And, there's no one to I,
1: I think it's, be shocked and appalled. And it's fair to say that scanners too is not concerned with not being cinematic. <laughs> it's, they're not scared <laughs> to go there.
0: It's, well, yeah, they just we're just going to go to the farmhouse and uh, that's right. Because have a nice one, one
1: thing it does clarify is that moral codes are stronger in the country than in the city. Uh, that's something <laughs> someone says in this movie, which doesn't seem to relate to scanning or otherwise. Very confusing. But yeah, it's, it's got that weird midsection, they go out into the country, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, got scanners too, like, I watched this movie literally yesterday, and I am having trouble piecing together the storyline of it, other than there's a corrupt politician cop who wants to amass power using the scanners, and uh, has like a weird facility where there's drug addicts in the basement it's it's really yeah tremendously dull follow-up and um, let's let's not forget about the protagonist
2: who's so you know he's so smart but he's he's conflicted he's not sure should he help this man does this man have good intentions and then like 45 minutes into the movie the bad guy just looks at him and goes haven't you ever scanned his mind to see what he's thinking and he's like no i haven't like, you have this ability to literally read minds, and you're feeling uncomfortable. Scan the guy. He's right there. It's all you do for the
1: rest of the movie. Just do it to this guy. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, uh, problems with these movies in terms of trying to work out how to make everything about scanning, and then trying to remove any other options other than scan. Like, for example, so many of the, uh you know, scanner scanning people could probably be quickly resolved by the police just shooting the person, but they never seem to be able to manage that, you know? Because, like, scanning is like, they can handle, like, one or two people at a time. If, like, five cops ran in blasting, you could just shoot them. They're just people after that. There's enormous amounts of these movies that just don't piece together in any particularly useful way. But then again, as you mentioned before, by, like, the, the later sequels we have, like, the scanners are just able to interface with machines. And do all kinds oh, of yeah. things. Like, you know, that's just all part of their psychic powers. So, uh, who, who knows? I mean, it would be cool if they were breaking the rules to do interesting, fun stuff. But really, they're just, <laughs> they're, they're kind of just breaking the rules to hobble themselves so they don't have to come up with anything other than basically a DTV cop thriller.
2: Oh, it's worse than that, because the, the, the ability to scan computers comes from the first movie. Like literally everything they do in the rest of the movies, it all comes from the first movie. They don't come up with any new ideas and they, it's just beat for beat, the exact same thing. And we should talk about the special effects for scanners too, because man, not good. Did not like the head pop in this movie. Just looked cheap. And one guy, he just like falls on a bunch of needles and then just like turns green and dies.
1: I love that it's sequence weird. where they just store 60 syringes point up unsheathed on a on a desk. <laughs> and, like, that's an OSHA of no-no right out the bat there. But, you know, yeah, yeah. it's The special effects in this, I think, are, are pretty... They're cheap. They're done by... It's John Carl Bushler, I think, does it. He's, he's a solid effects guy. He's done a bunch of, like, you know, your, your low to mid-budget. In fact, I believe he was involved in a recently discussed... Um, laughing dead podcast i believe he did or or uh an emissary of his studio at least was involved in a lot of special effects in that movie which were pretty good were pretty solid but um yeah i mean i i think this is pretty much hobbled by uh by budget and by just a lack of imagination because i'm pretty sure they just told him like look it's a scanners movie we need to have a head explode and that's it there's there's no there's no new visual ideas, particularly in scanners, too. It's, it's very much just a, a safe retread of everything you've seen before. Same special effects, same style and, and delivery. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is,
2: it is worth noting, though, that uh, like I, I hate to keep bringing up the first movie, but it is like a, it's the only comparison I can really make for it. The first movie, the guy's like a weirdo. He's an outsider. He's a loner. And he gets pulled into this system. All the rest of these movies, everyone's pretty normal. Like, they're pretty average people. And so I really don't understand what a scanner is anymore because they've basically undone the metaphor. So it just becomes like a regular guy just trying to do right by the city. Except he can read brains. (laughs) Like, great. Um, Speaking of special effects, though, we should probably mention the the final scene where uh, they don't make this guy's head explode. They just make it weird. (laughs) They just, like, mess with his skull fragments poking out. for the best. They turn him into, like, a... A ghoul, I
0: guess. (laughs) They don't even kill him, he's just arrested as a misshapen ghoul. He's just just gonna Uh, turn
1: into a Dick Tracy villain. That's basically his his fate.
0: Boy, you would think maybe they'd bring him back for another one of these, perhaps a scanner cop. (laughs) Which, uh, I mean, could he have revenge? You think (laughs) (laughs) he could, yeah. Uh, we could tie things back but i'm sure david hewlett was just too fucking expensive to get back as was uh who, who plays this uh i don't know who the hell plays the goddamn crooked cop could be any number of people um yeah but this movie sucks and yep. <laughs> it it really uh, again you it, it, talk about indistinguishable this is a movie about a scanner who works with the cops uh, and <laughs> <laughs> it's not Scanner Cop. It's it's Scanners 2, but rest assured we'll revisit this uh, original conceit soon enough. But let's take a stop off to a movie that doesn't suck. Uh Scanners 3: The Takeover. Um yeah, this is this is like strange. It's like what if Scanners was sexy? Uh so it's just like infinitely better because it's it's almost like half scanner sequel and half video drone sequel.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just like a breath of fresh air within a like scanners three is absolutely the standout of all the films we were discussing, and I think like a fundamental shift to that as you say it's it's sexy. It's it's our first one that brings in a female main character and villain, uh, and what's really great is that we you know we've mentioned that the scanner series is really a, a, a cinema of grimacing of people just making goofy faces. But that really it gets turned on its head when one of the main characters is like a sexy Polish lady vamping it up. Her, her scanning is really just like weird like fashion model like sexy poses and, and, and gestures. And it just makes the whole movie so much funnier to watch. So much more just enjoyable on the surface level. And then this one actually does come up with a couple of interesting ideas throughout. It's still... Ropey as hell. It's still a very uh kind of haphazardly constructed film, but definitely kind of like I, I guess ironically, like all the other Scanners movies. The thing that drags us down again is the male lead who disappears for the yep. first half of the movie, which is great, and then he comes back and he just drags the whole movie down. It's like we need to get rid of this guy, the hero,
2: <laughs> but he has to help his sister because they were adopted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: again. It's the
2: same movie. <laughs> they keep making the same movie over again. But you're right, the the male lead really boring not interesting he goes to like some buddhist temple to like learn more about scanning wait did he's not there to learn how to scan or whatever but you would think that would no he's there because
0: he's there to suppress his his scanning powers because he killed his friend who was dressed
1: <laughs> in an amazing sequence. this is a christmas movie it opens at christmas which immediately puts me mind of course the, the probably everyone's you know if you say name a christmas movie everyone says david cronenberg's rabbit everyone First movie they think of, and so this is like it's it's David Cronenberg's Rabbit, except it's Scanners three, and uh, yeah, it involves uh, he's showing off party trick of moving his friend who's dressed as Santa around with his mind, and then someone taps him on the shoulder and he shoots his friend out a window, which is a <laughs> great start, and the movie just keeps working on that register mostly. It's uh, so his sister, he and his sister are adopted; they're both scanners. But the sister, and, and uh, I admit, I am not 100% sure of the plot here. D- he's come up with a new ephemeral patch, the previously mentioned yes, thing that, just has a, that has like a, a an LED. A, it's basically like a nicotine patch with a light on it for whatever reason. You just stick it on the base of your neck and it controls your, your scanner's powers, except it doesn't. It turns his daughter into a, a raving egomaniac psycho who basically, in, in an incredible sequence, seduces and murders her adopted father. Uh oh, Doesn't really man. seduce him. She's, oh, it's great. She's just naked in a hot tub, and he lures him in and then drowns him in the hot tub while she hangs around <laughs> nude on the side. This movie is just like... it's Nothing in this movie is new from a scanner's perspective, but it's rejigging of, like, how to integrate sleazy genre elements into a scene is actually pretty good. I mean, th- this is interesting and entertaining and I think you know you can't go wrong with like if you're making cheapest chips like genre movies you can't go wrong with like a female villain that's like it's always going to bring some element of like dastardly over-the-topness to it Uh, and and they you know it's really the saving grace of this movie Um, and this movie also admits this almost uh, has a real idea in it which is surprising i was quite surprised when that happened i wasn't expecting that but there, there's one scene adam you mentioned it's like a videodrome sequel and there is this element because she finds out the the evil scanner realizes that she can manipulate people through the television and there's this great scene and it is actually legitimately it's a good scene uh, where yep. she is watching a chat show for um, you know, a live chat show, late night chat show, and she just starts manipulating through her, you know, staring at the TV using her scanning power. She manipulates the the host and the the guest to basically start making out and fucking on screen. <laughs> this that's Cronenberg. That's a Cronenberg well, application of you know, kind of like media and so on, like feedback loops. But then it it doesn't really work out. But like really, that's just uses the thing of like, okay, so she gets on a camera on a live feed she can scan everyone simultaneously and that's kind of like big setup that she's in a tv studio which is kind of like demons too but less fun um so yeah, it would yeah.
0: i mean it would be more like it, it is odd because there's something about that sort of like inversion of the receiver and it is the most compelling scene in the film and it it doesn't work (laughs) i mean in the rules that the film runs with after that it's like yeah no no she's got to be a broadcaster but it's like no that's not what's happening in that in that initial scene and it is in fact the most compelling application of the the base idea is is that sort of inversion of the receiver and and how that might be utilized but it's not really utilized it's just like well what that means is i can videotape my scanning and control people it's like Okay. That's not bad compared to skaters, too. That's the freshest <laughs> idea I've ever fucking heard, but uh, <laughs> it, it's also less less compelling than the initial tease.
1: That's right. She uh, she can also videotape herself with a message like B- tape herself delivering a speech, but implant her scanning c- power of suggestion into it, so if someone plays back that video they will then be implanted with it, which they don't do a huge amount with. really just goes right down to the live broadcast, but... uh. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, uh, the basic point of this is that Scanners 3 actually has a pulse, which I don't think any of these other movies you could accuse them of in a million years feeling at all alive or interesting or even, no, or even entertaining, no. really. Uh, Scanners 3 is the only one that kind of crosses that bar.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what a few, like, kind of fun fun jokes can do. We get Scanners like striptease. this whole thing with the... Yeah, the that, mm. that scene's, it's a lot of fun, where she's controlling this guy, and he's having a business meeting, and he's just like, I gotta dance, I'm like, and he yeah. just proceeds to, like, fucking parade around the place, strip-teasing, it. it's like, oh yeah, this is a fun way to use this concept.
2: Let's never do anything fun ever again. <laughs> and his, his boxers have, he, he takes off his pants and his boxers have like lipstick kisses all over them. Like they they really do everything properly to get the tone correct. Like they know what they're going for. And uh, the villain, she is excellent. She's so much fun during the entire mm-hmm. movie because she appreciates what she's doing. And it just, everything plays so much better. My question is, how the hell is this directed less than a year apart by Christian
1: uh, what's his name? Dugay. Dugay. yeah. It was, How... it, this was shot back-to-back, What's like, Scanners 2 and Scanners 3, I believe, were shot back-to-back, so, um... Yeah. Prob- I'll be probably, probably... i DP real- on that. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> like-
0: I bet you it's the same, like, it, it's got a lot of the same sh- sort of shots in it. I mean, again, this is just, like, much better script yeah. like night and day well, well i think
1: i think but- it's kind of like a pattern you see with a lot of these things which is that scanners 2 is like the re-establishing of it or like the establishing of it as a franchise and so scanners 2 mm-hmm. isn't for it's much more serious it takes a long time to build up to its story and everything and it's tedious as hell because who gives a crap because it's really about people's heads exploding and then scanners yep. 3 is like at that point they've already got one in the can and they're like they're they're running out. They had a contract to make two movies. Scanners three is very encouraging because it opens with a text scroll. That's really good in a sequel because that lets you know they're just dumping exposition. They don't want to deal with this stuff anymore, which is exactly what uh, you know part three of a, of a, a like sleazy, gory sci-fi franchise should be doing. Um, and it's just kind of like. Dumps it out. It's like, hey, look, there's scanners. They can read people's minds. There's the drug. Yada yada yada. Let's kill Santa. And that's what you know. That's <laughs> that's what we want. And and you know, I think part three is like probably everyone's real tired. They've already made a whole movie. They're probably probably had budget overages on the second movie. That means that the third movie required more on the go thinking and making stuff up. I don't know if that's actually what happens, but that is a thing that often happens. You know. Part two ends up eating up all the budget, and then they won't get any more money. So, part three becomes like a, a weird freeform experience. And three has a little bit of that feeling. It's not like totally messy or crazy. It's not like an Albert Pune part three, like Nemesis three, which is absolutely insane. But it, it still has some of that element of being like kind of like they, they were less concerned about it being. A real movie or a, f- you know, in the shadow of Cronenberg, certainly. Like, Scanners 3 is a free movie. It doesn't really care yeah. about anything. And that's, it's absolutely its benefit. And the rest of them, like, sadly, the other three sequels we're talking, really take themselves way too seriously. Like, they really, they, I think they want to be like, you know, so, you know, they, they I think they buy a little bit too much into ultimately the prestige of Cronenberg. Um, Mm. which is pointless, because honestly, even Cronenberg's work doesn't take itself this seriously sometimes. I mean, Videodrome is funnier than any of these movies. Uh, So, oops. (laughs) is that good oops or bad oops you've seen the movies calling you
2: yeah (laughs) i'm wondering how much money they actually made off of these but you're talking about part three and what i really appreciate about uh the movie overall is that it, it just it was very neat how it set up everything i'm not saying it was like a grand story or whatever but you introduce the guy he kills the santa claus can't say that enough then becomes a buddhist monk you you let this 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 very nice woman progressively become more evil and, most importantly, have fun at being evil. Yes. And then by the time the guy comes back, um, he's got, like, three or four bad guys wearing fedoras and sunglasses, and there's multiple scenes where he's slowly whittling them down, including making one of them have their head explode underwater. That's a really cool idea. That, what a creative way of doing things, you know? And so you establish what he's going to have to go through. And it's just so much easier to order in your mind, the process and the steps. Whereas part two and Scanner Cop and all the other ones, it's really messy. You're just kind of waiting for the final confrontation, but you don't get that build. You don't get excited to be like, oh man, finally it's sister Scanner and brother Scanner and (laughs) and they're fighting literally in a television station with sparks (laughs) flying everywhere. That's so much fun.
1: Yeah. So oh, yeah. Better. And
2: that that set is fun too. All this like plate glass and like these fucking
0: like standing background screens that they're just like getting thrown through. This movie does yeah. a lot of smart stuff with its dumb action. Like there's one uh, one of the scenes with man in fedora. I think it it just like precedes that underwater thing. Is <laughs> one of the guys like comes after it with like a fucking ninja grappling hook that he's like climbing the building with. I'm like. What the fuck this is so <laughs> stupid
1: and and god bless the mo- the movie is really like i, I one thing that i think is really funny and i really i enjoy scanners 3 scanners 3 is like one i would watch again i would show this to other people this would be you know skip right over scanners 2 there's no connective tissue you don't need to know anything about scanners 2 just skip straight to part 3 but like i do think it is funny um that like he goes to Thailand and I look, I was like looking at the movie going like, oh my God, they just found a park in Canada to double as Thailand. This is the most unconvincing depiction of the nation I've ever <laughs> seen on camera. Turns out in the end credits, they went to Thailand. <laughs> like this is actually <laughs> it. How do you not capture that on film? It's it, like, it really does look like they, they like, cause the way they shoot it, it's like, it's like, there's a, a Thai, my Thai Thai boxing ring and a couple of stalls and it's like set to a corner of the the scene so you know it really looks like they just went to like the corner of a park somewhere and dressed it up to look kind of like Thailand and that's it uh you know there's some other bits that I assume were stock footage frankly um so yeah it it would just surprise me that you know as much as I think this film does do some things correctly I thought it was really funny that they actually went to Thailand and got for my for my money no bang for their buck whatsoever they may, they may well, as well
0: it's also like yeah like fucking three scenes sure that, that must have been shot in thailand it's like what there must I, have been I, a I don't know it must be another or... of these great yeah dtv money
2: laundering <laughs> scenes. See, you were talking about the budget earlier and how like they maybe they blew through it i i, I that's probably true because the, the other one has a lot more special effects overall but the special effects in part three i like a lot better I like the head exploding uh, underwater way more than anything in part two. And when they go to Thailand, there's that awesome scene with the guy on the motorcycle crashing in the tree and exploding. It's just fun. Mm, that one, you're just constantly that one is looking cool. at fun the, things. These
1: special effects are done. I, I think Bouchler did both of the films. So, I mean, we might surmise that maybe he just had a bunch of stuff left over and he was refining as he went. But I, you know, three is more fun anyway. So I like, I think... You know, like, the special effects work better when they're showing you something that's more entertaining, so... Exactly, that, yeah, that, it might be the same in
0: many respects, it's just like, in context, you're like, well, I'm enjoying this, I'll take the schlocky fucking effects, because it fits with the film. When it's just trying to be so dour the whole time, I'm like, alright, we don't need to fucking hold on this goddamn guy's head
2: swelling for like ten minutes. And it's not even like it's gross or anything or painful or nerve-wracking. It's totally ineffective after the first scene because you've already seen it. You already know what happens. Yeah. And We've when seen you see scanners. Yeah, in the first scanners, the they, they were they blow up that guy's head. But one thing that's really interesting about that movie is by the end, um, like they're kind of you know, they're becoming on fire, there's eyeballs exploding. Like it looks really, really intense. And I feel like the only movie that really captures that, again, is Scanners 3, because that final fight, it's chaos what's going on in there. It really feels like there's something apocalyptic, and perhaps most impressively, it has a happy ending. It's like he actually saves his sister, and everything works out, and, you know, it's a feel-good movie, which yeah, is weird to Colin, say about did you shut off
0: the end of this movie? because uh, uh, his sister kills herself, and, <laughs> and then in uh, the yeah, ultimate dumb, dumb DTV movie twist her spirit seems to leave her body and enter the television
1: camera <laughs> they Since should have took happens. the end children of poltergeist it's, it's all fine I will in mention of like grand uh, scanners-esque uh, effects and apocalyptic things I do want to give a shout out to De Palma's Fury which straight up fucking explodes John Cassavetti's in his entirety on screen uh, that's an amazing <laughs> finale to a movie if you can just blow up John Cassavetti's, you do it De Palma did it it's it's a a stalwart part of that, but a different movie and Fury didn't even make Fury cop, so is it even a good movie? We don't know
0: uh that's a good question i uh, speaking of cops let' us oh, no. move on to what is apparently a a spin off series I guess I don't know what distinguishes it from the main Canon uh nothing I no, don't yeah, think. but this is you know <laughs> this is where pierre david uh. He directs this one, but he's kind of the steward of this. He's a producer who produced a, a lot of early Cronenberg and, and in fact, obviously acquired the rights to this property at some point. And uh, now he's brought it to uh, Roger Corman's Republic Pictures. Uh, yeah. And we got ourselves a good old-fashioned cop film. Uh, but this time, the cop can move things with his mind. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I wish it. Would. Colin, I know you're dying to fucking talk about this Scanner Cop. I know I know this is just right up your alley. So this, I'm going to kick to you. Uh,
2: very good. They, yeah, the well Scanner Cop. It's it's really uh it's a movie that's it's very different from the rest of the series. Um it's about this guy uh, when he's a kid, his dad dies, so he gets adopted. Oh my god, we're watching the same movie again. <laughs> <It's> incredible. <laughs> it happens every time. <laughs> Um no 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 I I'm, I'm getting confused. Um it, it he um so he's taking the the drug Fenerol. Oh my god, we're watching the same movie again. And then eventually um he decides he's going to stop taking this drug because there's an important conspiracy case that his adoptive father who's also a cop needs him to help tackle and along the way hijacks hijacks <laughs> hijinks ensue. I really didn't like either of the scanner cop movies, but this first one, I don't know. It, it, it gets very old, very fast. Uh, autumn, except for the very first scene where his dad, who is a scanner as well, hasn't been taking his medication. <laughs> so he goes insane and he's looking in the mirror and I'll say for a Roger Corman movie, really good special effects on the opening scene where there's like tiny faces coming out of his forehead and he's in agony. And you know, his son is looking at him and he, Obviously there's nothing coming out of his forehead. But I, I was very impressed by that. That was a really cool opening um graphic and yeah, it's everything. It's literally to the miserable. only new
1: idea in the whole thing. And they use it for the poster too. That's and that that's well, like...
0: I, I don't know, Jack. There's another big idea here. Uh there's a way <laughs> to stop the scanners. A, a metal plate in your head. Oh <laughs>
1: uh, well I, yeah, I mean I guess it's a visual oh, idea, yeah. but you know. Fucking Richard
0: Lynch them. is really sleepwalking his way through this.
1: God bless Richard Lynch. <laughs> just, uh, once again, yeah, one of one of the better better parts of this movie. What what I will say for Scanner Cop, um, and the thing that stuck with me watching this movie. It's a bad movie. Don't mm-hmm. don't don't misinterpret anything I say subsequently. But it is kind of an interesting film because it really is. The, the cop narrative movie, it's actually a really interesting insight into basically a movie about some cops get killed, they're being targeted, so the entire police force goes just completely reactionary, they start suspending due process, they get rid of their badges and their uniforms, although they confusingly still drive around in black and whites, which is a bit confusing, but like they don't want to be identified as cops anymore. Uh, Literally, the police chief tells them uh, to consider everyone a suspect. There's a scene in the middle of the film where the guy is like basically surveying a bustling city street full of just people out living their lives. And it's like this ominous slow motion pan as if to ensure that, you know, this cop is basically viewing all these people out living their lives and saying they're all a threat to him. This is Mm -hmm. a remarkable film effectively about the the us versus them mindset of the police force and how the police force are basically just a standing army that would as soon shoot you as help you and then ultimately on the flip side of that like in the early parts of the movie they don't clarify that the police do anything anyway like they're introduced because a guy won't pay he guys behind on his rent uh so the police come and as it turns this is a scanner father going slowly insane he, he pulls a knife on his son, he like holds him in and, and the police are like, oh, this is bad. So the police summarily execute him as you know, that's, that's what you do. It's a mental health crisis. So you just got to shoot him. Um, <laughs> and then after that, the only other thing the police are shown to do as, you know, useful function in society is harass ethnic minorities for dealing drugs to white people. <laughs> There's a scene of a black guy selling drugs to white people and the white people are being shitty about it too they're like give me a free sample it's like come on give me some more like they're being shitty to this black drug dealer and then the police show up and just arrest the black guy that's it and in another scene like the only people in like all the cops in this movie are white everyone else they deal with is an ethnic minority and they brutalize them and then the whole movie is about how we need you know the police are basically very worried about their own safety Uh, Even, um, I mean, the ultimate plot of this is about that there's psychic suggestions are being placed into people to turn them into sleeper Manchurian candidate killers uh, geared to kill the police. But it's really funny because like one of the, a a woman kills her husband who's a cop uh, and she's been psychically implanted to do it, but she also murders him while he's pulling his badge in like an ill-judged sexual harassment maneuver of his own wife. And then she kills him, <laughs> which frankly is fine. I mean, that's pretty funny. This is, you know, so what I will say about Scanner Cop 1 is it's a very bad, it's pretty boring movie. There's not a lot going on in it, but it really is a kind of an instructive text of the the narrative of police as basically a standing army in your city that hate you. And that's uh, yeah, yeah. And what's yep. the
0: other thing is like, uh, they like, what is Richard Lynch's motivation? Is it, he's like. He's some sort of hippie dippy. I mean, we're led to believe he's doing sinister things, but it's not really shown. He's just kind of in the mountains with his followers, and the police just storm the place and fucking gun everyone down. Yeah, uh, right. It's a wonder he's he's looking for revenge. I I mean, he's he's really the hero of the film,
1: but it's- <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible for a movie that it's like about the cops be you know as heroes. Like they're they are utterly. And completely, like, you just, there's no reason to root for them at all. They're awful. They serve no purpose. And and they're running scared for the whole movie. And you can only look at it and go, like, that seems fine. They don't seem to do anything. And.
0: Oh. This movie does have that one, one interesting thing. The follow through is horrible, but it's an interesting (laughs) idea. (laughs) What happens if you're scanning a dying person? Like, oh, uh, this could be something interesting. Like, oh, you're kind of racing. You've got to beat the clock. Instead, I have no idea what the fuck is happening at <laughs> this scene. He's apparently dragged to hell. <laughs> <That's> right, <laughs> he goes to hell. And the dying person very nearly possesses his body because that's apparently a fucking thing that could happen. But
2: I, I, I feel like I, that was—I feel like that was a case of them just looking at all the sets that Roger Corman had available, and it's <laughs> like. <laughs> Well, you want to use the dungeon? What the? How are we going to put this in the movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, what I will um, say, and here's my, my other big takeaway. So first off, Scanner Cop. Fascinating movie about the cops sucking. Second off, pub trivia fans. I want you to know that the uh, female henchwoman in this, uh, Hillary Shepherd, Shepard, uh, who's apparent, I think, her biggest roles otherwise are like some Mighty Morphin Power Ranger villain or something, um, but she's good friends with Daryl Hannah, and she developed the hit board game library. So um, that's something to learn about three quarters of the way through this movie and go, well, I guess that's something I know now, and I'm probably never going to forget that. So I just want to put that one out there in case that helps anyone win, maybe around drinks at some point. It's, it's pretty good niche knowledge. So, But she's also...
2: She's no sister from scanner three she's so boring and a poor imitation and the main villain honestly he's just a guy with a mel plate in his head and he doesn't seem particularly interesting either yeah, he's,
1: just... he's allied to like astrology that's like what, how you know they're bad people is because they do a fortune reading <laughs> they have like a, a fortune teller thing with some astrology cards stuck around or tarot and stuff and it's like yeah these people see, like they seem more fun than the cops so oops Again, there's Special that oops. Always.
2: Special effects were okay at points, at least in this one. The head pop, not bad, even though it was a metaphorical head pop in hell, in a dungeon, in a dying person. <laughs> Which, um, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I I I guess it was in hell. I I don't fucking know what what this movie's a fucking mess. I I still think I I had it slightly ranked above Scanners too, but it's. Yeah, it's I, a low bar. It, dude, it comes to... in <laughs>
1: above Scanners. I think Scanners 2, honestly, is the worst of the batch because it's just, there's really, there's nothing going on in there. Scanner Cop yeah. really brings in Daniel Quinn plays our our Samuel Stasiak, the, the the titular Scanner Cop. And like I say, I mentioned before, he's, he's apparently a very uh, well-renowned theater actor and he he's, works a lot, but I, I can't speak to the rest of his work because he is an absolute charisma vacuum in this thing. Like, he is the most <laughs> utterly boring man to put front and center in a movie about Aww. anything. Like, life. Got,
0: like Come on! DTV, he's like a DTV Gary Sinise. Uh, Come
2: on, dude, at the end of the Colin movie, is, where... Colin is defending him because no, he's uh,
0: actually I, from Milwaukee.
2: Oh, is he really? <laughs> oh, yeah. He looks like a Dahmer. I can believe that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, what about the ending when he's just buttoning up his shirt and you hear somebody off camera and he looks over and says, Is it your first day? And the guy's like, Yeah. And he's like, You nervous? Man, what an inspiring way to close out a film,
0: huh? Yeah, I think there's another line about vitamins in there, too, because we got to just be like, oh, I
2: guess he's taking the F again. Uh, Who gives a shit about these goddamn pills? I should give it credit for at least having a very cool idea that if you don't take your scanner pills, you go crazy after four days. His father didn't have scanner pills after four days, so he went nuts. That's why he got shot. So the idea that he's getting off these pills and he's getting closer to the case and he's getting more unhinged, that's a great idea for a movie actually because it's it's wrapping into a lot of different tropes uh in a clever way but it the execution is really just him being like ah you should have let me stand him a bit longer like all right yeah i guess
0: that (laughs) is kind of the aspect of it that that puts it a little ahead of scanners too in my mind is there is that sort of tension in in the lead where again i don't think daniel quinn's gonna win an oscar for this one that's for sure but uh (laughs) But, you know, at least there's some sort of internal struggle here, as opposed to, like, 2 is just like, who
1: gives a fuck what's happening in this movie at any point? (laughs) 2 is pretty much about the dumbest guy in the world uh, basically being useful to people who are more interesting than him for a little (laughs) while, where Scanner Cop is basically about a guy whose father is murdered by a guy, so he just becomes his good son instead. And that's... I
0: don't really understand, like, the moral... Uh, quandary in two. It's like, should I be a vet or should I help this guy kill the mayor? <laughs> it's like, you yeah. I just be a vet,
2: man. <laughs> but there is no moral... They never address <laughs> morals whatsoever in the series beyond, like, the first one. I mean, they definitely say, yeah. like, well, this is a bad scanner, and that's a good scanner, but they don't actually, like, they don't actually ask the questions about, like, what is your responsibility to the rest of society yeah. as having seen Two needs, gift. like, an
0: Uncle Ben moment. That's what we need. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> yeah. That we can bring him to help the police. We need an Uncle Ben uh, murder I'm, that he just yes. ignores because he doesn't care about society. He wants to just be in the country and, and help the animals. But uh, there is no moment like that. This is kind of like, oh, well, I guess I'll help the cops. Why not? It's like, oh, well, because they're, they're evil fucks. But. <laughs> because, yeah, because
1: they're terrible and they just keep summarily killing people. <laughs> I,
2: almost, I almost forgot, so I have to bring this up. But there's a scene uh, within the first five minutes after his father is shot to death, uh, the cop attempts to take him to a hospital. They go in the hospital. It's you know it's kind of spooky, and there's you know uh, people not being taken care of. So he goes, "Never mind about this. I'm going to adopt you." Later, they return there, and they look down the hallway, and it's the same people in the same position from like 20 years ago. It's like yeah. they've just been hanging out in the hallway. Just hey, what's up?
1: Yeah, and that, cr- and that doctor is 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 Brian James in a in a small role if I remember correctly. Just kind of reminding you how they could have had probably just a more fun guy for the whole movie maybe if they just paid him he can't cost that much <laughs> than the stuff I've seen him in
2: yeah it's not a it's 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 a it's a it's a movie that I think the best parts of it are borrowing from the tropes that already existed to the genre and it really doesn't bring anything exciting of its own and the special effects like I said not it's better at points like the head exploding but for the most part it's kind of a lame looking movie
1: and it's still the same thing, it's oh. just people staring at each other, and it's like, okay, we're gonna do the head explosion, we're gonna do the veins appearing, it's it's kind <laughs> of... Yeah, it feels, you know, once... Like I said, just don't watch all these together like we did, because it, oh. you've just seen Scanners 2 and Scanners 3, you're just kinda like, okay, it's the same thing, we get it, but it takes just as long in every one of these sequels. And the fucking
2: noise, man. <laughs> oh yeah, but there's some stop motion at the end, that was different. Where like the he, he uses his mind powers to take the paddles out of the operating table and <laughs> put it on the guy. <laughs> so that his metal plate pops out of his head. That was great. That was the only part. Everything else can go to hell. But that was <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh,
0: yeah, this movie sucks. Um real bad. So does so does the next one. Uh real bad. <laughs> but it somehow might be my second favorite of the bunch, even though <laughs> I would I would say it's easily the, the most poorly constructed. Like, it's just the most back heavy thing imaginable to the point where all of the crazy effects that are happening in the back half lose all impact because they're just like happening one scene after the next over and over again. And you're like, Boy, thanks for making me sit through forty minutes of nothing and then piling all these things. Yes. Just
1: back to back to back. Scanner Scanner Cop 2 is very much like I've been talking about like the glacial pacing of these and the way they keep re-explaining the same stuff and it's like, who cares? It's fine. And I swear, like the the monkey's paw curled shut and they're like, okay, Scanner Cop 2, we're just gonna we're just gonna be all scanning all the time. And it. Turns out that's not good either. Like, the back 40 minutes what? is literally like seven extended scanning sequences taped <laughs> together. It's you,
2: you, you didn't like the scenes where it was just people we have never seen before, we have no relation to them whatsoever, and the boring villain walks in and just kills them the exact same way, killed everybody else. You didn't like, you didn't connect with that for that's 40 fantastic. minutes of that? Yeah, where, where Scanner
1: Cop 2 <laughs> is basically Highlander. It's Scanner Cop Highlander, where it turns out that now what scanners can do, or one, Vulcan, <laughs> Scanner Cop 2, by the way, Scanner Cop 2, Vulcan's Revenge, he's never been in any previous <laughs> one of these movies, just, no, he's just, they invented this guy, but he's getting revenge, not like, say, Dick Tracy villain, like we mentioned earlier, nope, he's not back again, we're not doing that. Scanner Cop 2 is essentially about a villain, the Vulcan of the the title, who, uh, So he's a scanner, and he got defeated by Scanner Cop once, so now he wants to be a stronger scanner, and he's learned that you can suck the scanner essence out of people, so rather than make them (sighs) explode, you make them kind of like shrivel and burn up and age and all whatever you can do with, you know, kind of standard special effects. Uh, and, and basically leaves desiccated corpse because you've, like, absorbed their scanner power, and now you're, like, twice mm. as powerful because you've got two scanner powers in you, and then you get a third and a fourth, and that's what Vulcan is doing. He's scanning scanners to death to become so powerful that he can defeat the the our incredibly uncharismatic lead who returns for Scanner Cop 2. And it really is. It's just like he... It's just scene after scene of him just walking up to someone and just going, <laughs> I'm going to scan you now, and it's scanning them, and just special effects for like three minutes and you know i mean i respect the craft of special effects but like there's only a certain amount of time we're like okay just hurry he's killing them i get it they're turning into a terrible there's goo everywhere you know you're using like some kind of a vacuum thing to like implode a a (laughs) model you made i get it okay can we please move on but they won't
0: It could work There's no reason why it couldn't work. Why isn't he just doing this from the start of the film, and they're, like, following his uh, his sequence of crimes? No, instead, this is not happening at all. Nothing is fucking happening in the front half of this movie. He's just, like, kind of skulking around, (laughs) and then all of this just happens on top of each other, and it's just, like... It totally ruins
1: it. Yeah, it does seem like the editing almost just seems like a random thing happened. Because, like, yeah, they could have meted them out throughout the movie, but it's just stacked in towards the end. And there's no particular reason. Instead, they just pick him up. They pick up Vulcan at the start like he's Rambo. He's like picked up for vagrancy, which I guess could be another tie. And imagine if Rambo was a scanner. What would that be like? Oh, hell and yeah. And it turns out it would suck because the people who make scanner sequels aren't really good at it. So uh, I'm glad that never happened. I suppose it could still—it still could. We're gonna get a Rambo like remake at some point. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be real bad. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I think Stallone's gonna have to be dead. Before but yeah, but Stallone the, is the the
1: gonna movie. die. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking out like this is the whole thing. IP is king. You know who? Why would we write new characters?
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to Disney's Rambo. It's gonna be good. Yeah, Disney's first blood. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Uh, do you know the? I feel so bad for the villain, the guy who plays the villain in this movie, because he feels like such a waste. Because he's this guy who's built like a brick shit house. He's oh, giant. Yeah. He's he's humongous. They have no idea how to shoot this guy. They just like middle shot. He walks in the room. Like, are you kidding me? Like every shot, it's just like flat, flat squares instead of like. You know, like, get underneath that guy. Like, let's show him be real menacing. Let's show him dominating the scene. And you would assume, since he spends so much time scanning people to get more scanner powers, that he would somehow be able to, I don't know, showcase said amplification of scanner powers. But no, it always takes the exact same amount of time. (laughs) And at the end, he doesn't... When they do scanner war, you... You can't tell. You can't tell that he has any more powers than anyone from the previous film, or the previous film, or the previous film, or the previous film.
0: Boy, and also... fucking Scanner Cop's doing a bag-up job of that showdown, too. The, uh, he, like, has this stupid... <laughs> oh, God. I guess we're gonna have to get into the mother eventually, but yes, let's, we do. Let's, I say... <laughs> let's skip it for now. I just want to say, like, his his mother's advice to him is... To cast an illusion because the, this villain's too powerful now, so he must he must trick him. And a scanner cop's idea of casting an illusion is to make him believe that random civilians are him. So he's just standing behind like a bookshelf while this
2: guy fucking <laughs> butchers several people. Yep. He should have had some henchmen. If he had henchmen, they could have used that. Like it's really basic yeah. stuff. Instead of just Stop like scanner them. cop uh, is willing to let civilians die for over 45 mm-hmm. minutes what was what were they doing out there <laughs> uh, see, anyway. incredible,
1: incredible <laughs> tribute to the scanner cop police propaganda project <laughs> would you not die for the police they won't die for you so you know. <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's let's get into the mother for a minute here, because this yes. is just like some bang-up screenwriting. Wait, this again, is a Scanner
1: moment. But
0: what he is, of course, adopted, right? Oh but, yeah, and we I know. About that. Yeah. We know his father uh, was killed because the police murdered him in cold blood. <laughs> um, but his mother apparently exists. Uh, she was not a character in the first Scanner Cop. She's not a character here. But there's there's a subplot introduced almost immediately. He's seeking his mother, this, this woman, Carrie, is his, she's his love interest, and she's helping him hunt down his mother. Uh, and that resolves by the villain inexplicably just at, knowing where his mother is, which seems to be uh, with within easy driving distance of, of the scanner cop's <laughs> current location. Uh, and she's she's staying in like a, a nursing home under a, a name that is his name. <laughs> it's The same last name. Like what? What kind of detective work are we doing to find this woman? She doesn't seem too difficult to hunt down.
1: <laughs> Look, you could scan a computer, but but do you know phone book? No.
0: Well, yeah, and I guess the other aspect of that is that this villain is is finding all his victims through this database he's stolen from this Kerry woman who runs, like, a scanner support center. And that's where he must have gotten the mother's name, presumably. That's that's the only thing that... It's the only information the viewer is given as to how this man is acquiring victims. And, but, uh, so again, if someone was in this database receiving care from this center with the same last name as the detective, you might think <laughs> we put this together. It, it's a difficult thing to connect, I understand, but um, when they do finally meet, though, right, it's just, it's just that Vulcan has decided he's gonna take this mother's scanning power, and then she goes, I'm not going to let you hurt my son, and proceeds to jump off a roof. <laughs> it's quite amazing.
2: Yeah, I, I just don't understand, I mean, her jumping off the roof, I think I think Jack mentioned it, it might be the best part of the roof, maybe all the sequels, because it's just this old <laughs> woman just falling off of a building. But, um... Yep it's kind of the rules to the scanner universe just don't make sense on a fundamental level because we're meant to believe that these people are exceedingly rare and yet there's dozens of them in like a four mile radius like you could just like google maps walk to everyone and kill them (laughs) you don't even gotta get out the car well i
0: mean i i think scanner cop is the first one that that is kind of like running with the idea of the children of scanners are scanners uh it's that this defect birth defect is passed down uh through generations. generations
2: Yeah, how many generations deep are we from 1981 i don't at this know point? That, <laughs> this movie may well
0: take place in like the year uh 2500 for all i fucking know it's, it's just like impossible to follow at this point what what year it's supposed to be uh if it's just the present and we're just making shit up or but, what i have no fucking idea but uh yeah, th- there are no rules on that front, but I-, I guess that's how they justify expanding beyond the like two hundred odd scanners there are in the first film. <laughs> but there,
2: there is like a um, uh, a connection for once. Like you mentioned, like this is the character from the first movie, and he's the scanner cop again, and all that. But the the everything that happened in the first movie doesn't matter. It's just the same people, which is kind of maddening because you're like, what about the drug? Wasn't that a big deal? Didn't you have to? you know get off the drug for a while to use your powers and this one he's just he they don't even bring it up do they the yeah it's in ever? the
0: open it's in the open he uh. there's a new version of the drug i guess this would be
2: uh f5 that allows him to
0: use his scanning abilities without any side effects
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, so they've, they've fixed everything. Now scanners can just have fun and hang out and do whatever they yeah, want.: like none of
0: them none of them seem to, except for the scanner cop.: it, uh,
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird. like you would think if if now we had a medication, there were a group of people who can just walk among us and can just manipulate our minds and do all kinds of stuff, that there might be more of a focus on general social distrust of the scanners, but that's fine. He's just a scanner cop, and everyone trusts cops. That's the movie. Yes. Like, there's no questioning whatsoever of this central pillar of the universe.
0: And there is nothing establishing this character as like. Uh, that's the other thing that this movie, uh, kind of retcons in just because, lazy and easy, is that Vulcan has to absorb all these powers because apparently Scanner Cop is a superb scanner or something. Like, why is he more powerful? <laughs> yeah, it's like than a weird tiering
1: <laughs> system that makes yeah. no sense, except that the one guy who happens to be the lead is like an exceptionally powerful scanner
0: yes yes nothing is illustrated. i mean he's not done anything in either of these films that would establish him as, as <laughs> i mean more he, powerful
1: i guess it, I guess it sc- makes sense in that he looks like he has nothing else going for him so i guess it makes sense he's exceptionally powerful as a scanner like it's got to pay off somewhere
2: yeah but there's really just no moral or emotional connection to any of this like a like In either of these movies, in either of the Scanner Cops, he's he's not a character. He's not a person. There's, like, no personality to this guy. Like, sometimes he's flirty because the dialogue requires him to be flirty. Other times he's overly stoic. But you don't really get a sense of, like, why he's behaving the way he is. You don't ever get a feel for a real personality. I'd say he's probably the worst actor since the first Scanners. But at least that was intentional. This guy's just flat.
0: Uh, he's not great. He's not great. I I would have trouble distinguishing any of the male leads as like better or worse. Yeah, than yeah. I do just like various shades of the same exact. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
1: don't right. think any of these right. guys are had had much they could have done with the material, but they certainly they they're not. They don't elevate it by like there's no charisma or personality to like make anything pop. Like they they are just it's you're literally just looking at a guy on screen uh that's it it's it's god almost like cinema verite uh which is really bad in a situation when you're fucking four sequels deep uh it really should probably <laughs> try something different but no they they stuck yeah. with them i well, don't know
0: I, don't... I i don't like this movie at all but i i still like have I, I guess a little bit more fondness for it than some of the others uh certainly not 3 but um just because Patrick kill Patrick, who is is Vulcan uh, and his revenge. Um, <laughs> yeah, as Colin said, the guy he's cutting a, a real impressive physical frame. Oh and he's kind of having some fun, and they waste him. They totally waste <laughs> yes. him. But he he exists, and the fact that he exists, I'm like, well, I could I can squint and see something interesting happening here. It's something fun happening. But um, and it's kind of the same with the the effects stuff. You're like. This movie has by far the greatest quantity of effects, and it's just like a hugely like goopy DTV thing, and it's bungled. It's used horrendously. It, it's structured so poorly, but at least, you know, I'm like, well, at least they were trying something with these effects. I just wish they had edited the film properly, but there's just like enough in this movie just barely <laughs> to make me go,
2: well, some people were trying. And that's more than I could say for two of these. <laughs> it, it does have, it does have, in my opinion, the best head explosion of any of the sequels. The head explosion at the very end is top notch. It, maybe it's because he's bald and it just looks cooler that way, but you, you get tons of bits and tons of br- uh, debris and like smoke flying out. Some of the other ones just look really cheap in the previous ones. It's just like, you can just tell it's a balloon popping. This actually has like different density to the meat. Which doesn't make oh, me sound insane at all. Oh, there's interesting like,
0: <laughs> when, like uh, when Vulcan is killing the the fake scanner cops, which are just uh, once again, let's reiterate, these are these are not illusions. These are just humans who happen to be standing in the room, and uh, the scanner cop is, is using <laughs> using as decoys and are janitors and stuff. Uh, yes, but these people, uh, especially the first one that he fucking splatters when it's it's the scanner cop is what you're seeing, but this is sort of like fracturing in in the skin and stuff. It is really a far more interesting effect than just the standard like, look, his veins are filling with black ooze. Yeah. It, it's they're doing something a little different and it does look quite cool.
2: It is fun to watch, not fun, but I did think it was it was very well done when they had that couple die. It's not good special effects, but the idea itself of having, like, a couple that both get killed by the scanner and they're, like, melting and they're looking at each other and realizing what's happening, it's... That's terrifying. Like, that's, that's a very evocative
1: idea. That's one but of the is more well interesting done? elements because this... What it reminded me of is uh, the Cenobites from Hellraiser 4 that are, like, joined oh, yeah. together because they're, like, identical. I think in Hellraiser 4 they're twins, so they're, like, so close in their bond that the the poetic justice evil twist is that they are turned into, like twin Cenobites with their heads corkscrewed together and it's a really cool special effect. That kind of reminded me of that in that, you know, they die together, or, you know, they're kind of, they, they're bonded together in this horrible attack, but uh, this came out a year before Hellraiser 4 and also it it's just doesn't look as interesting, but it's kind of an interesting, I do wonder looking at that, maybe they saw that and they, they had a little bit of an idea for that. There's kind of, you know, enough time overlap and theme overlap there, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it because I know
2: everyone else was at the Oscars was talking about Scanner Cop. It was you know, was everybody was into this movie. (laughs)
0: Well, I was gonna say that scene also has like one of the instances that made me appreciate uh, Kilpatrick's villain because he has this like very cheesy DTV villain line where he's like, "I may not know art, but I know what I like," and I'm like, "Eh, "It's just like it's what you it's the energy you want out of this sort of thing. The guy is bringing it." It's just like again, you want like a fucking cobra energy out of the guy or something. Because when they have that flashback with him, he's he's so fucking ripped. He's got he looks like he's got like toasters strapped to his chest or something. You're like, why they yeah. get this guy in like this giant trench coat? And they're not shooting him to look imposing at all. It's just it's a bummer.
2: Uh, imagine if they could have done something smart, like I don't know, give him a bunch of jackets so that he he looks a little heavier and as. <laughs> As, he, as the movie goes on, he's like removing more and more clothes and then you get to see like the big-ass muscles or something like Just
1: something because well, otherwise they, they we already have no did. way. Yeah, they, they already did striptease and scanners, too So I guess they just oh figured, yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just need the man shirtless like fucking wielding an axe in that final showdown That's what I need. Uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't deliver.
1: Uh, yeah I think it's safe it, to say the scanners franchise is not about giving you what you want. That is not <laughs> their concern not at all and it's about basically the most but like social order is restored when the least interesting person on screen is in control that's the movie (laughs) the franchise in its entirety and but there's a great irony to that because
2: like i said earlier and i'm probably getting a lot of this because i read that essay uh i think it was on like the criterion website or something about the first Scanners, which, by the way, they talk about a lot of different movies that follow Scanners, uh, part one, including uh, the previously mentioned uh, Fury uh, and the ones that preceded, like Carrie. They don't talk about any of the sequels, never even reference them. But they talk about how, um, you know, it's counterculture. You know, you were an outsider. You were coming into this. There's a reason why you were an outsider and you don't fit in. It's because you're a scanner. You know, it's a little bit of fantasy, but it's also a little bit of like, you know, kind of horror of being different. By the, as the series progresses, they just keep nudging the scanner more in line with like authoritarianism of like being the cop about like making society right, not being an outsider anymore, but sort of forcing everyone else into normalcy, which
1: is kind of sad. I mean, the fund, the fundamental of it is the scanners are better, like in evolutionary scale, the scanners are better and stronger than regular people. And, I mean, if the Scanner Cop 2 finale says anything, it says that they will sacrifice regular people for their safety. <laughs> That's it.
2: <laughs> There's definitely some all unintended right, well. themes that they are just nailing throughout <laughs> the series. They're just <laughs> firing on all cylinders on accidental themes. Well, let the record show Scanners 3 is a
0: fucking... it. it it's great. It's great fun for what it is. You know, if you want to watch, like, a, a cheapy DTV film, you could do a hell of a lot worse. Uh pop on Scanners Three sometime when you get some some minutes to kill. I believe that is on uh Tubi, as are all great films. And uh yeah, just pop it on, have some fun. It's it's good. It it does everything right. It's what you want out of this sort
2: of schlock. Uh all the rest of these uh maybe don't. Can I can I ask the room real quick, what would you rather watch? Scanners one by you know, by Cronenberg, or Scanners Three? Because I think I like three better. Honestly, it is just more uh, of an enthusiastic movie. It really seems to go for something.
1: No, no personally, I, I, I go with
0: Cronenberg. I okay, <laughs> really? Jack, you're you're gonna make the sensible choice. I'm gonna agree with Colin in, in, to an extent because it, 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 Scanners is not a movie I like. Go back to. Pl- there's plenty of other Cronenberg films that I would go back to first, and that I prefer. Uh Scanners three is just it's obviously bringing a, a very fucking different energy. So yeah, you know. If I want some psychological horror and uh, some explorations of deep themes, and I want to visit Cronenberg's *Ovwar*, then uh, *Scanners* is not going to be the one, almost ever. And, and it's a good movie. You know, you
2: know, it is a good movie. I'm not yeah, I'm not talking crap about *Scanners*. But no, it's just I don't idea think that the man th- makes
0: bad movies.
2: <laughs> not no, one. But it- it, it's just that if you really look at all the other evil psychic-powered films, even of that era, I, like we were talking about earlier, you know, like Carrie, The Fury, things like that, those are more interesting. I don't, you know, the first Scanners, it's it's it really feels like a nerd just writing down the rules to psychic powers, and there's
1: kind of a story somewhere else.
2: It's not. I don't not know. That I, great. I
1: see. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't. I didn't have a chance to revisit the original Scanners for this, but no, I I quite like it. I think Ironside is a is a great villain antagonist yep, the finale is. Yep, is, is is a well weighed out thing you know i it's certainly i would agree it's not uh among cronenberg's absolutely most essential work but it's pretty good uh scanners three is fun certainly um but then again i mean if i was looking for schlock there's plenty of the stuff along that register too so that doesn't yeah, have michael right. Ironside. side so that's fair
0: i just feel like there's a you know nine times out of ten i'm looking for schlock because i'm <laughs> A dumb I mean, idiot. It,
2: it, like you got to just remember, like the introduction of Scanners Three involves people just being like, "So you know the scanners can do this and that." Like they're just casually talking about what the scanners can do. Like it's just a normal thing. And by the end of that scene, we have a Santa Claus thrown off the top of a skyscraper, and someone going, "No!" Like that's that's art. It's great.
0: <laughs> she also she also makes the same guy who does the striptease like dive <laughs> into an empty pool and kill himself. It's all it's all great. There's a lot of, uh, dumb-dumb bullshit happening in that film, and it's it's a joy. Uh, again, stay away from the rest of the series. Uh, let's move <laughs> on. We've talked about these films for longer than they deserve. Uh, Jack, what are you gonna put over this week?
1: Well, uh, I, I guess uh, I've not been watching too many movies of recent. I've still just been hacking away at Elden Ring, so I'm gonna put over... Uh, another, we last week we talked about SS Rajamouli's RRR, RRR triple R, whatever you want to call it, uh, and it's amazing, and it's it's the best movie of 2022, and you need to go see it. But I'm going to put over a film that Rajamouli made in tw- 2009, Magadira, which I just watched the other day, which is really great fun. It stars Ram Charan, who's one of the, the main characters, main actors in, in RRR as well um and it's it's again it's a great epic movie it's about basically a uh, a a great brave soldier uh who was never able to be with the one he loved uh 400 years ago when they were separated and they are now reincarnated in the present day and the Brave Warrior is now a motorcycle jumper. That's just what he does for a living. He just jumps motorcycles over cool. things. Yeah, that's apparently a valid career choice in India. So that's pretty cool. We need to we need to learn their secrets. And he's basically... He, he inadvertently finds the woman he loves, uh, her reincarnated self, uh, but there's much... Romantic comedy elements building up to that and then there's the action comes in because the villain who separated him from her back 400 years ago is also back and he's like It this what really struck me. This is like how much hong kong cinema is in these these Certainly this the, the two Rajamuli films i've seen i'm not going to make broad sweeping statements about indian cinema I am not qualified to do that, but uh, like the main villain in, in magadira kills his own father in like his second scene and it's just such an like absolutely absurd escalation of things. Uh, in Hollywood, you just you wouldn't be able to explain it. Everyone were like, "What the heck?" But in uh, this movie, and in like in a Hong Kong movie, it's just like, "Oh yeah, he's just a really really bad dude." And um, there's singing, there's dancing, there's some pretty great action sequences. It's much more. Um, I'm not going to say less polished than RRR, although it, it's it was a very big budget movie, but it doesn't quite have the sheen of it. It is much more in line with. For a domestic audience, it has much more the diversions and cameos like which go over my head. Like uh, someone will just wander in, and you you immediately know it's like oh they're famous uh, a Telugu cinema audience will know immediately who that person is and be pleased as punch that they are now doing a comedy routine. I don't know what's happening, but still, you know, you, you work with it. Maybe maybe I'll start to learn recognize people uh, of this if I watch more of them. But really fun movie. So so Magadira, if you track it down. A uh, lot of fun it is. About three hours long, singing, dancing, action, um, some ridiculous special effects. Uh, it's it's great. It's a good time, honestly.
0: Ah uh, well, I should get to that. Uh, I keep getting more and more of these, uh, recommendations. Jake had that last week, and now you've got this, and uh, I gotta get on it. Gotta get on it. I saw Jake put is... over
1: Bahabuli, which which I will be or Bahubali. Like yeah, so that that's on my my list too. We're we're still gonna become Rajamouli pilled, as the internet we, says. <laughs>
0: you ought to, you ought to, because uh, if RRR is any indication, the guy is incredible. And uh, I should stop watching uh, Scanners three and start watching <laughs> real things on occasion. Um, Colin, we didn't prep you. It's been a while since you've been on, and we don't make you do this for uh, cost of content. But uh, you got to put over for us.
2: Oh yeah, of course. But before we do, uh, Jack will probably remember the name of the director. Who's the guy who did Kung Fu Hustle? Kung Fu Hustle Stephen Chow. Yeah. yeah. I would say, yeah, like I, I feel like the RRR I just saw it uh, the last week. I just got such a big like Stephen Chow vibe off of it. Like just it's just so I don't know, it's so alive. Like everything is alive, and if it has to be funny just to make the scene move forward, they're willing to just let it be funny. It's such a cool idea. I really did like RRR. Um, and because Disney keeps insisting everything has to be three and a half hours, I'm pretty sure Bollywood is going to, you know, get a little bit of traction here shortly. But, uh, the thing I want to put over is, uh, cause I was on Tubi, uh, watching <laughs> Scanners 2 and 3 when I found out that Mike Tyson's Mysteries is now on Tubi. And oh my God, if you have never seen the television show, Mike Tyson's Mysteries, I can assume... That you probably are just based off that title alone, you're 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 a little reluctant because you're thinking, oh great, it's going to be a gimmick and everything's stupid. No, no, no. This is one of my favorite animated TV shows of the past decade. It takes all of the elements of classic Hanna Barbera uh, mystery shows, like uh, oh god, I can't remember. It's like Scooby Doo and um, Josie and the Pussycats and whatever that buggy Captain was Caveman. called. Not Captain Kim, but but like the buggy, whatever that buggy was called, that used to talk in sputters and spurts. Um, But it takes the art style of classic Hanna Barbera, where they would sort of uh, adapt celebrities from, you know, uh, Scooby Doo, and they apply that to uh, Mike Tyson. And he has a ghost (laughs) that he lives with, and a talking bird, and he has an adopted daughter. Uh, (laughs) It's just like this entire made up version of Mike Tyson, and he's tremendously funny. He's very, very funny in the show. He's a character that is just in his own world, and he will start a sentence by saying he hates this thing, and he hates it, and he hates it because of this other thing, and he hates that thing because he loves the other thing so much. And by the end, he's twisted it all around, and he's no longer talking about the subject that he started with. It's so brilliant for writing that it, you wouldn't expect that from a Mike Tyson show. Um, and besides that, it's only like 11 minutes long. You got to watch it. It's, it's tremendous. I, and, oh yeah. And, uh, the voice of the bird is, uh, the, the late great Norm Macdonald. And, uh, I think he's just so funny on the show. Like it is classic Norm Macdonald. Everyone's swearing all the time. It's such a good time. Tons of gore and it looks beautiful. Whoever did the set design or, or the, um, yeah, the set design for the show, they just nailed that pristine, uh, upper class, sort of home look where everything's marble and shiny it's it's a really good show i highly recommend it mike tyson's mysteries now on tubi which means hopefully we'll get on hbo max one day
0: <laughs> uh well tubi is the best service and now that it's there i might give it a shot um oh boy i am uh, you know if you answered this question with a, a collins query with a highbrow i'd rather watch david cronenberg's uh, classic film scanners uh, <laughs> i might advise you to uh Take 14 minutes and watch, uh, Maya Darren's Meshes of the Afternoon. Uh, it's kind of one of the very early pieces of American surrealist film. Uh, the birth of, like, the psychodrama. It's, it's excellent stuff. If you're into Lynch at all, you can see kind of, like, a lot of, of where a lot of that imagery is birthed. When is it from? This, this is very early, 1943. Um, Ooh. Yeah, you can you yeah. can pick
1: that up, um, Kino, in association with, I can't remember what the name of the other the project is, but they put that out, newly restored, with like eight other majoron short films, which, and I still um, haven't got to it, but Measures of the Afternoon is absolutely incredible. It's fantastic. It's yeah, incredible it's a, stuff.
0: Yeah, a lot of the uh, techniques are kind of astounding for the time like i'm just like i have no idea how one would go about doing this with with the technology that they had and it must have just been like a tremendous labor to put together yeah uh especially for basically like two people in a house you know it's just like there's a lot of vision in the thing uh and it's worth your time and if you are the sort of person who is a lunkhead and answered uh scanners three Amazon just started, uh, released season three of The Boys, and it is a very stupid show that probably thinks it's a lot smarter than it is, but, uh, it's also <laughs> probably the only, like, a major cultural phenomenon program going right now that's actually fun to watch.
2: Oh, it's <laughs> and, great. It's really great. Uh, yeah.
0: It, it It's good. It's good. It occasionally, uh, crosses a line into, uh, needless grotesque nonsense for me uh but uh you know when it's on the right side of the line it's got some fantastic performances it's a fun time and uh you know i appreciate when things take the piss out of uh modern culture and this does that uh to the extreme i would say even though it is you know again it's an amazon show so i'm not going to give you too much kudos for uh punching the man when you you're, you're we're working for Jeff Bezos, but nonetheless, uh, it's a fun show. If you want to kill a few hours, uh, you could do a hell of a lot worse.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's, I, if you, um, it, it will ruin superheroes for you. It really will. It will make you second guess everything about superheroes because they are all sociopaths. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense why superheroes exist.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's just, it, it will do that to an extent where it, it is kind of hard to go back and watch.
1: Just like uh, Mystery Men, it's it's just like <laughs>
0: Mystery Men, Jack. Yeah, you know, uh, go if you haven't seen it. I mean, it it is it it is a pretty funny, pretty sharp show, and it it just takes the piss out of Disney, Marvel superhero domination of of modern pop culture and uh, this sort of lumbering monolith that is entertainment today. And
2: uh, yeah, yeah, that and- that can be quite refreshing. <laughs> And you get to see one of the best ass-eating scenes of any TV show of the past 10 years, I can think of. Don't hold me to that, but I, I think so, the past 10 years. <laughs> see, Colin always, he's always going for these things. This
0: is probably one of those moments where I was like, boy, they really crossed the line into distasteful, uh, puerile <laughs> nonsense. Colin's like, that's my favorite
1: scene. <laughs> <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Uh, All right, next week on Optimism Vaccine. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> um, anyhow... We gotta get going. What you could do for us is, uh, we have a Patreon. It's gonna be linked in the description. Or you can always just search Optimism Vaccine. You'll find it, uh, it helps keep the lights on. We, we don't uh, make a lot of money on this endeavor. In fact, we don't make any money on this endeavor. But, uh, you know, any little bit helps if we have any equipment malfunctions, pay the hosting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, we certainly appreciate all of our patrons. Uh, we could also rate and review us on iTunes. That always helps us Give us a little more visibility. Get us out there to the masses who will uh, surely listen to one episode and turn away. Um, <laughs> but you know, let's give them the option. Let, let's Are let we... them find us and reject us. Colin, you sound like you have something to say here. What do you have? You <laughs> definitely ruined the Scanner fan base. They're not coming back. Oh, I don't think there is a Scanner fan base. You know, but
2: uh, <laughs> there was, I'm <laughs> sure, at one point. Yes, <laughs> not for yeah, sure. Problem.
0: Before the sequels were, were made, there was probably a fan base that was, that was pretty enthusiastic about the film until they saw Scanners 2, at which point uh, they were probably done with the whole concept. Um, yeah, I think, other than that, I'm probably missing something. I'll email. Yeah, you can always uh, email us if you have any questions, suggestions, requests, blah, blah, blah. Uh, OptimismVaccine at gmail.com. Uh, we don't have Jake. There's not going to be any last word, people. Uh, just deal with it. Um, just be thankful we're not blasting you with horrible scanner noises on the outro. Uh, we will see you next week.